Welcome to the Reset Podcast with Kirk Elliott, PhD, where every week we integrate politics, economics, and legislation that will impact your investment portfolios and lives. In doing this, we can reset our expectations so we can invest with wisdom, discernment, and confidence. Sit back, listen, and learn as we go on the journey of navigating through the economic jungle together. Hi, this is Dr. Kirk Elliott, founder of Kirk Elliott PhD Private Advisor. In this presentation, I'm going to show you how to beat inflation. So how does inflation even begin? So as societies become wealthier when technology advances, the desire to advance to the upper echelon of the social ladder, it increases. This is called conspicuous consumption. So there's a philosopher named Thorstein Veblen in 1934. He said that some forms of consumption serve no purpose other than to simply enhance status. He went on to say that the hedonic mentality of society becomes very dangerous. The appetite for conspicuous consumption, often referred to as keeping up with the Joneses, right, becomes a problem when the appetite can no longer be fed with current income. When borrowing becomes the norm to maintain an elevated lifestyle, and to accelerate the normal evolutionary growth of the borrower, the competitive position of the borrower experiences a relative decline. So this relative decline is the result of cheap credit and mountains of cash being infused into economic structure and can also be called inflation. So let's put it another way. When you print money, and it has no tangible backing, it basically makes your currency like monopoly money. It just devalues because there's so much of it out there. So then merchants will say, I want more of this junk currency to pay for our valuable goods and services because it's worthless. See, that's what this relative decline is all about. And we're going to go into this much further in, in this present. So what are the implications of inflation? So as inflation persists and becomes excessive, the economy will eventually stagnate. The stagnating economy produces increased unemployment, shortages in all types of products, both essential and non-essential, a collapsing standard of living, increasing bankruptcies, and increasing interest rates. Increasing interest rates put downward pressure on many assets, including real estate, stocks, and bonds, and investors will eventually begin to pull the plug on their currency holdings in exchange for anything more tangible and liquid. Once the inflation rate begins its rapid ascent into a potentially hyperinflationary state, where savings accounts are eliminated and anyone living on a fixed income, such as Social Security, well, they could be impoverished almost overnight. So this scenario is presently occurring all over the world at varying rates. Could it happen in America? <laughs> of course it can. What I explained is simple economics, and America is not immune to the universal laws of economics. But it is happening in such a slow motion that the populace is unaware of the erosion of their purchasing power. So since the Federal Reserve was created in 1913, the dollar has lost 99% of its purchasing power via inflation. In 1913 dollars, $1 is now worth a paltry one cent. <laughs> However, since this deterioration has taken a hundred years, 
the American populace is unaware of the effects of a devalued currency. What are inflation's implications to democracy? See, imagine what it would be like to realize a decline of 98% of retirement assets or life savings in a month, a week, or even a day. See, the hyperinflationary scenario has been played out to that tune many times. From the Weimar Republic Germany in, in 1920s to Yugoslavia in the 1990s and countless others. Social chaos and economic upheaval always show up at the party to dance with hyperinflation. And this is a party which nobody, nobody ever wants to be invited. So how does the party end? As in the case of Germany, there is gravitas towards anyone who offers a reasonable solution to fix the problem. And there tends to be gravitas or gravity pulling something in, right, towards a regime change. And that is from a democracy to a dictatorship or vice versa. World history has many examples of regime changes birthed by economic shocks. In the case of Germany in the 1920s, Adolf Hitler arrived at the party and absolutely took over the dance floor. During the French Revolution, it was Napoleon who crashed. Well, let's take a moment and look at how Adolf Hitler came to power. During World War I, Germany did a ton of damage on its enemies. In 1919, the Treaty of Versailles was signed. That treaty required Germany to basically rebuild and pay back many of the territories it destroyed. They didn't have the money. They just suddenly had too much debt. And it was nearly impossible to pay it back. So they abandoned the gold standard in order to print without discretion. They printed so much money and devalued their currency so much that the rest of the world no longer wanted it. They just kept printing. And a snowball effect of inflation ensued. When the German hyperinflation started, the German currency was relatively stable at about 60 marks per dollar during the first half of 1921. But it's interesting to see how quickly a currency can deteriorate once the ball starts rolling. So look at the number of German marks it took to buy one ounce of gold. In January of 1919, it was 170 marks for one ounce of gold. January 1920, one year later, 1,340. Same, same month, 1921, 1341, 1922, 3976, 1923, 372,457. May of 1923. So now we're not even looking at a year. Five months, 710,355, that more than, more than doubled, right? So then October of 1923, which is May, June, July, September, October, four months, right? Um, I don't even know what that number is. I think it's, let's see. There's millions, billions, 1.347 trillion, trillion. Oh, my word. November of 1923. One month later, it went to 87 trillion marks to buy one ounce of gold. See, look at that snowball effect. It, it starts to grow exponentially. And this is what happens all of the time. All of the time. We're even starting to see this in America now with our, with our money supply. It's growing exponentially, which means inflation will start to grow very quick um, that we won't really be able to contain it. So it's hard to read stories of how quickly things eroded. People literally had to be paid in wheelbarrows or suitcases full of cash. 
If they didn't go purchase their loaf of bread with that wheelbarrow of cash, the bread may have doubled in price the next day. Mommies and daddies couldn't afford to feed their babies. Life was chaos. People were starving. Faced with this, people lost all hope. This is when Hitler entered the scene. He campaigned with promises of hope and change, and people willingly voted for him. See, one of the most ruthless dictators in the world that the world has ever seen didn't hold a gun to people's heads and say, hey, vote for me or die. See, people willingly voted for him. They were willing to give up their political freedoms, religious freedoms, personal freedoms, and economic freedoms in exchange for perceived security. This is exactly how a society can change from a democracy to a dictatorship almost overnight due to an inflation that went unchecked and spun out of control. See, throughout history, when a country experiences hyperinflation, it changes its government and loses its freedom. Every hyperinflationary period throughout history has occurred after 1914. So it's no surprise that all hyperinflations, with the exception of France after the French Revolution in 1789 to 96, occurred under discretionary monetary standards. That is fiat currency, <laughs> printing money out of thin air, no tangible backing. That's what that means. Prior to 1914, most economic systems were based on a metallic money standard that was linked directly to a supply of gold or silver. When a currency is backed by gold, the tendency for inflation to occur is minimal as the physical supply of the monetary metal needs to increase in order for inflation to occur. Inflation, therefore, what is it? It's a direct threat to wealth. And thus, a threat to democracy that is so cherished in America. So let's define some terms before we continue. So let's define uh, deflation. We're going to define inflation. We're going to define hyperinflation and superinflation, okay? So deflation is a decrease in the money supply, which is fewer dollars chasing goods and services means the price level will decrease. Inflation is an increase in the money supply. General price levels will rise as the relative value of currency decreases, i.e. it takes more of the worthless currency to buy goods and services. Superinflation is a rate of inflation generally considered to be more than 100% a year. And then hyperinflation is a condition in which prices increase rapidly as currency loses its value. Definitions used by the media vary from a rate exceeding 100% per year to inflation exceeding 50% a month or anything greater. So here are some countries where hyperinflation has occurred. This is just a small sampling, as there are well over 30 nations that have experienced a hyperinflation throughout history. We've already talked about Weimar Republic Germany after World War I in 1923, Hungary in 1946, Zimbabwe just recently in 2008, Yugoslavia in 1994, Greece 1944, China 1949, Venezuela, right now, 2021, they had over a million percent inflation um, back then. I mean, that was just a year ago. See, this isn't an ancient thing. This isn't something that's you have to go way back in history and find countries that go through hyperinflation. It happens now. It happens whenever a country abandons a discretion on the printing of money. So let's take a closer look into hyperinflation. What causes it? 
Well, the main cause of hyperinflation is a massive and rapid increase in the amount of money that is not supported by a corresponding growth in the output of goods and services. See, this results in an imbalance between the supply and demand for, for the money. Basically, economics 101, right? When you have low supply, high demand, prices go up, right? And so, so hyperinflation effectively wipes out the purchasing power of a currency. The growth of the money supply unchecked will ultimately lead to hyperinflation as the aggregate demand for the currency approaches zero. Sadly, when a government decides to abandon any kind of tangible backing for their currency, the only thing that gives a currency value is people's perception and what they will actually pour it. So when inflation persists, the currency is devalued. When the currency is devalued, investors need to be enticed to invest into that currency. How is that done? Well, simply by raising interest rates. For example, here's a little story to explain that. Let's say that China sees that the United States is treating the U.S. dollar like monopoly money. Why would China invest in U.S. treasuries if the yield is only 2%? Well, they wouldn't. To attract foreign investment, a country with a stinky currency needs to raise rates. Then even a stinky currency could attract investors if it is paying 10 to 20% interest, right? There needs to be an appropriate reward for the risk. So look at this chart of the U.S. monetary base. It has now gone parabolic. This is the money supply. <laughs> parabolic. It's been relatively flat for like the last 10, 11, 12 years. Not anymore. Something happened in 2020. They started printing without discretion. This is why we're seeing the beginnings of the inflationary spiral today and why it's not going away anytime soon. In fact, it's going to accelerate. So how will hyperinflation impact your lifestyle? Asset prices will go through the roof and wages will not keep up with them. Thus, it will wipe out anyone who is not hedged with tangible assets that are not linked to the paper currency like gold. This kind of economic catastrophe will lead to a political revolution. The freedoms that are generally lost with this are personal freedoms, religious freedoms, economic freedoms, political freedoms. Boy, now we're even seeing health freedoms, right? Oh, a lot of our freedoms are eroding. So do you see any of these eroding already? Things are already happening. The time to prepare is simply now. The currency will be wiped out which will lead to major trade imbalances. If the country is a debtor nation like the United States, creditors will become extremely upset as we begin to default on our obligations. Thus, the cycle of financial problems So what's the cycle of financial problems? Financial problems lead to economic problems, which lead to political problems, which lead to geopolitical problems. See, geopolitical problems, that's war. It's a physical war. So... How do governments try to fix this once it starts? Well, the initial government fix will make things worse. Uh, the print money, like there is no tomorrow to stimulate the economy by providing liquidity. Well, that's inflation. So deficit spending, which is spending more than we make, has led to the government running out of money and creating a debt level that's simply unsustainable. Therefore, the only ways out of this situation from a public policy perspective is to create more liquidity print more money, right? Or try to increase revenue by raising taxes or both. 
Printing more money causes inflation and raising taxes when people are already living at the margin means people will just spend less. This will lower government revenues. And here's, here's a formula for you. A recipe. <laughs> right. Higher prices plus reducing people's income equals a recipe for disaster. It's not a recipe anybody wants to, to uh, put in the recipe book, right? This poses a problem. Poses a problem for the United States and any country that relies on imports. The U.S. is a net importer of most things. When other countries stop accepting their currency, people could starve. So what happens next is the same thing that happened during the Weimar Republic regime in Germany. There will be civil unrest, blood in the streets, and political upheavals. You know, start acquiring products that we would be useful for barter. Barter is simply exchanging goods or services for other goods and services when the money becomes worthless. So gold and silver can be great barter items because they are portable and valuable, as well as phenomenal investments that act as a hedge against inflation. Gold and silver actually become invaluable during a hyperinflation. Their prices will go through the roof and their purchasing power will not just remain, but actually increase as the value and purchasing power of the U.S. dollar decreases. Here's an example of how gold has maintained its purchasing power. Back in the 1920s, gold and the U.S. dollar were interchangeable. One ounce of gold could be switched back and forth with a $20 bill. This is because the U.S. dollar used to be backed by gold. So, well, what did one ounce of gold or a $20 bill purchase back then? That's the question. Well, it would have bought a finely tailored men's suit, a shirt, a tie, a belt, and shoes. <laughs> what does that 20 bucks buy you today in, in 2022? It barely gets you a meal for you and your spouse at McDonald's. But the one ounce of gold at well over $1,000 per ounce today still buys you a finely tailored men's suit, a shirt, a tie, a belt, and shoes. See, gold and silver are your insurance policy against a collapsing currency, in addition to being a fantastic investment. Right now, because of the global political, geopolitical, and economic conditions we are faced with, all arrows are pointing towards gold and silver for preservation and protection. At a minimum, what, what should we allocate? What, what's a good recommendation to allocate? Well, at minimum, a 50% allocation of your investable assets into precious metals will give you a one-to-one -one hedge against your paper assets. However, the more extreme the inflationary scenario becomes, it may be wise to allocate an even higher percentage into tangible assets. A properly designed portfolio will also consist of high-quality income, generating assets, and an emergency fund of cash. As stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and real estate get hit hard, when interest rates go up in response to a devaluing currency, gold and silver will go up over time, thus minimizing your total portfolio risk and giving you peace of mind in the midst of the storm. So it's okay. It's okay to have all your eggs in one basket, right? To me, diversification doesn't mean safety because you could diversify into 20 different Titanics and they all sink and your diversification did you absolutely no good, right? But being in the right place at the right time means safety because that's what minimizes your risk and maximizes your return. I said it earlier, but it bears repeating. Over allocating into precious metals over 50% of your portfolio may be prudent given economic conditions and where we are in the inflationary cycle, 
because you are not just participating in the insurance mandate that precious metals offer, but also in the growth mandate. The goal of any investment portfolio is to be in the right place at the right time and follow the positive trending asset classes. This, again, will minimize your risk while maximizing your return. The wrong thing to do is to do nothing. The other wrong thing to do is to take advice from those you no longer trust. A definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results, right? So what should we do? We need to learn from history. We need to observe the obvious. The majority of people are moving in the wrong direction the majority of the time. What direction are you heading in? Well, answer that. And just know that you were created to thrive, not just survive. So take action now. It's up to you. Reallocate your positions given the trends that we're living in into the asset class that grows based on those conditions. That's how you can be a wise and prudent investor. Use your brain, your heart, take a leap of faith, step out in faith, take that, that bold action to get rid of that normalcy bias of, hey, what's worked for me in the past is going to work for me in the present and therefore in the future too. Well, it's different this time. The world is different this time. Take action now. If you have questions, give my office a call. KirkElliottPhD.com. You can schedule an appointment with my office. We'll help you walk through this economy that's eroding before our very eyes. Get you out of the path of that hurricane and allocate you into safety. You can call my office too. 720-605-3900. Thank you for watching this presentation. Make sure that you reach out if you have any questions. We're here for you. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Reset with Kirk Elliott, PhD. Every week, our goal is to increase your knowledge and help melt away any financial anxiety and stress that causes inaction. In any economy and with any presidential administration, there are things we can do to thrive and not just survive. Thanks for going on this journey with us. We look forward to our next time together on the next installment of Reset with Kirk Elliott, PhD. If you have any questions, call us at 720-605-3900 or simply email us at info at kirkelliottphd.com.